Welcome to the podcast, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook, where we will discuss the latest and most relevant business strategies to help you do one thing extremely well, sell more homes. We'll discuss everything from business planning to lead generation and conversion to past client customer service and everything in between. Join us for authentic conversations and nuts and bolts takeaways you can implement into your business today. And now, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is another great day here at uh, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook podcast. Don't even have to ask him. You already know the answer. I bet Kelly is doing fantastic today. <laughs> I'm going to use a different descriptor, uh, Elizabeth. I'm going to say uh, excellent. 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 Well, like, I'm doing like Bill marvelous. And Ted's excellent adventures. Yeah, marvelous. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We're, well, that's going to be just the new thing. We're going to have a new, um, you know, descriptor for how we're doing. <laughs> They're all synonyms of great, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to think of some new ones for you every week and really expand your vocabulary. Okay. Absolutely. I'll be a challenge. No <laughs> yes. doubt. No doubt. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. We, um, we've taken a couple of weeks off, um, you know, vacations and whatnot, but we are back and we are ready to go. Um, today we want to talk about a pretty important topic um, in terms of, you know, being a real estate agent or really being a salesman or, um, you know, any, any professional setting um, of a really big trait that you need to have. Um, and apparently there are multiple types of this trait that I didn't know. And I think Kelly will share with us today. Um, but today we're going to be talking all about negotiation. Uh, <clears throat> Kelly taught a Love class it. on this um, actually today. And so he thought that, you know, we need to share this with everybody. We need to share it on the podcast. So he's going to cover a little bit. Of course, it was a longer class. We're just going to give you a snippet. We go hard and quick here. Um, but let's get to the nitty gritty of negotiation, what that is, and how do you know if you're a good one? Let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the hard, one of the hardest things to do, Elizabeth, is to quantify negotiation, right? Like, you know, you're trying to sell yourself to a client to hire you. How do you tell them? How do you, how do you portray to them how good a negotiator you are, right? Because it's almost something you can't really do until they hire you and they get to see you in action. Um, and even then it can be kind of tough, right? Like, you know, if you made the comment, look, if, if you want to discount my, my fee a half a percentage point, I guarantee you with my negotiating alone, I'll make up for that. And then another percentage point, right? A point and a half, let's say, right? A point, a point net to your bottom line. Okay, Kelly, how do you, how are you going to, how are you going to show me that? Well, <laughs> kind of a hard, you, hard yeah. test to pass before yeah. you get there. Unless you call me, you maybe you can always offer to call past clients, right? That you have, because they could hopefully attest to the fact that boy, you did a great job of negotiation. And, and it feels at least like he put more money in my pocket, right? Because I, I know for a fact in many, many, many cases I do. And the reason why is because the, the other agent I'm going against, which I hate using that word because negotiating, it's more, more like, um, you know, a collaborative approach to some degree, right? Um, but um, the agent I'm going up against, let's say, you know, was willing to say, look, here, here, here we are. Um, let's, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and settle at this, this middle mark, right? Which we then say, no, it's not going to be, it's not going to work for us. So that's the hard part, right? The other thing is too, is if, if you know, if the seller, let's say someone makes an offer on your property, right? Your listing that you're representing and the seller, you know, you have discussions and look, do you think you could get a little more money out of them? You know, and they, and they, they divulge to you, which, you know, it's like almost like client privilege, right? Like an attorney, they divulge to you that um, they would be happy with the offer, 
But if they can get more, that'd be yes. great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can I can tell you right now, but there's so many agents at that point say, they call up to the agent and go, hey, Jim, we got a deal, right? We don't play that game. And, 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 and in that situation, if we're able to, in that situation, it's really easy to quantify because we're able to get an extra 10,000, 5,000, whatever it may be, um, that the buyer ends up settling on, then that's phenomenal. It literally is $10,000 more because the client said they're okay with it, right? The way it was. $10,000 more in that situation in their pocket, right? That feels good at the end of the day, right? Now, I guess you could say, well, I guess the, the agent would make a little bit more because it's a percentage-based commission, right? But I mean, on $10,000, you're making a couple points or whatever. I mean, that's, that's not gonna, that that's point, inevitable. Yeah. yeah, you're doing it. I mean, at least I'm doing it for the 100% complete satisfaction of knowing I did a great job to get more money in that client's pocket because hopefully in the future, they'll be happy and they'll, they'll tell their friends, right? That's, that's the long, long game. So, but anyways, back to negotiation here. Um, that's how you can kind of hopefully try to quantify it. Um, but while we're on that still, I want to bring up two words that are very important, right? When helping trying to quantify to your client, if you're going to negotiate or not. Two words I think you should put in your vocabulary that you should always use. A, because it, make, it makes you sound more intelligent when you're talking to the client um, about what you do behind the scenes. But B, because there are things that you should do, right? When you are negotiating. And those two words both start with a P. And that's positioning and posturing. Okay? So positioning and posturing. Now, pos posturing is interesting. Um, and I love to use it. Um, so it's positioning. Now, from a positioning standpoint, let me just give you a definition of that. I got it written down here because I thought it was just good to just give you the definition, you know, not legally, but like, you know, on theory based. And that, that is this. Positioning is when a negotiator claims, excuse me, positioning is when a negotiator changes the value of the product or service in the counterpart's mind before entering into the negotiation. So before you even start, quote unquote, negotiating or haggling, right, on something, terms, price, you are already changing the value of the product in the mind of your counterpart, the other agent or whoever it may be. So let's give an example. You have a property you're representing the seller, okay? You get a, and it's for a million bucks. You get an offer for 950. Now in that situation, you already know the clients, it's been on the market one day, right? Let's say you already know the client's probably not going to accept 950. And maybe 950 even is, is not a bad offer, let's say, because maybe we're shooting high right? At a million. Well, in that situation, before you even call the seller, knowing most likely what he's going to say or she's going to say is you position your client's best interest to the other party or counterpart right away by saying something maybe like this. Hey, Susie, thank you very much for that offer um, on our listing. Really appreciate it. I just want to let you know that um, the client probably is not going to take this offer. We've had many conversations, obviously leading up to the listing of this property, as you could imagine. And this just not nowhere remotely uh, fits the picture of what he's looking to accomplish here, right? In terms of the goal of selling his house. So I really appreciate the offer. I'm going to go present it to my client, but I just want to make sure that we're, we're you know, pretty clear on that because that's, that's a long shot. Okay, blah, blah, small talk, blah, 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 blah. And then you hang the phone up, right? And then you go, of course, present the offer to your client. Now, in that situation, what you've done is you just positioned some uh, uh, the counterpart mindset that, hey, don't expect much here at all, right? You're kind of shutting the door right now, right? We're, we're gonna work with you and, and we're gonna try to make this thing work if we, if we possibly can at all, but really don't really expect much to happen here, right? That's, 
that's the key here to positioning. Now on posturing, um, you're basically coming from posturing, you're coming from, the difference there is you're coming from a position of, of a little more leverage. The difference being, let's say that a million dollars in the same example, a million dollars all day long is in the wheelhouse of market value, right? The average person would sit there and go, yep, that's, that's worth a million bucks, okay? And you'll invent the market for one day or two or whatever, just it's pretty, been pretty short. Well, in that situation, you get that same offer for 950, um, you're, you're basically saying, um, you know what? Um, thank you very much, you know, um, but we'll, we'll, we don't have any other offers, right? Oh, you don't? No, I don't. But we're still not gonna accept your offer. We really appreciate it. Have a nice day. And we wish you the best of luck on your endeavors of buying a house. The difference there is you're posturing because you know that the favor, the leverage is on your side. The market is good for a seller. You price it appropriately and you got an offer that's low. Now you don't have anything else that it's not like you're you're not you're not using leverage of you have a competing offer in this situation, but you're posturing because you're not go, you're, you're going to play the odds. You're not going to accept something just because, right? Yeah. You have market data to back it up. Whereas positioning, you have been presenting the offer to the client. You're just letting them know right now. Hey, look, don't expect too much because you're closing the door right now because it's just not it's just it's just not in the realm of what they're looking for. Whatever it is, okay. Those are two things you want to talk about. Those are two things you want to do when you are negotiating on behalf of your client, if you want to, my humble opinion, negotiate successfully, all right? So I want to point those out right away. Okay, now there's three different types of negotiators, all right? And we're going to go speed version of all this, right? Um, assertive, analyst, and accommodator. Assertive, analyst, and accommodator. The number one thing, mistake you can make right now is to assume that everyone else has the same negotiating style as you do, because that's not going to work. It, I mean, it, it most likely will not, right? In your favor. So um, according to a study, 64% of all successful negotiations come through the negotiation type of the accommodator, believe it or not. Weird, I was going right? to say the, uh, the aggressor. or The, well, the assertive? So assertive, yeah. Yeah. the aggressor. That's yeah. probably the wrong. <laughs> the that's wrong. what you would think, right? I mean, that, that, yeah. that's my natural, natural type, right? Um, but again, you have to, you have to um, understand that Listening is an active um, thing to do. And a lot of assertive people don't like to listen. They won't listen, usually mostly, in fact, until they are convinced that, that your point, excuse me, that their point is absolutely heard in full by the other party. Only at that point will they probably be quiet and let you talk because they will talk over you and, and they will force to try to ramrod basically their way in, into getting their way. Right. And so in that situation, sometimes that doesn't work. Now it can work because if you get someone who's very, you know, um, very much a pushover on the other side, it, it can work easily. Right. And, you, and that's why they say assertiveness wins about 34% of the time. So, um, and then the, the, the analyst is not the, be the best person at negotiating, right. Cause they want to dive into data and they want to have only data for the most part or lead with data to support, which by the way, is not a bad idea, but what happens is if the other party does not want, if they're not convinced, right on the data or they don't want to, or they want to ignore the data, which they can do. Um, not everything fits in a box, right? And so- Negotiation is much more emotional than that most times. No doubt. <laughs> and by the way, you, oh, you, you said a great word. What negotiating is not, one of those things is emotion. The person who controls their emotion wins, okay? The person who controls their emotion 
wins. I got a couple of quotes here. I want to leave you guys with at the end, but I, I don't, we're not there yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm almost chopping at the bit to, to talk about those because they're so good, but um, I'm going to leave that for a little cliffhanger. But the reality is the person, like you said, who's, who controls your emotions wins. Listening is, it, it equals control in negotiation, negotiation as well. No is not a bad thing. No is actually a very positive word. In fact, you don't even have a negotiation until the first party says no. You don't even have a, a, a negotiation until the first party says no. All right. Calibrated questions, that, those are negotiations. Okay. The illusion of control. Now, those two kind of things go together. How do, you, how do you win negotiations? You give the other party the illusion of control, even though they're not in control. How do you do that? Well, you ask calibrated questions. What are calibrated questions? There are, there are two different types of what they start with. There's two different words, two different types of what those questions start with. How and when. How and when. Well, I want you, uh, we want to charge, you know, we're, we're asking a million bucks for a house. Okay. How do you anticipate I get that million bucks to buy this house? How do you see us coming together to have a win-win situation to get this property? How, how, how could I go about accomplishing the goal of paying you a million dollars? How, 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 right? Those sort of things. And that will hopefully get them to divulge and think on your behalf, a plan to give you in order to accomplish it, which at that point, they think their controls are telling you what to do, but you're just hoping that you're what asking they them how to do you, what you want. <laughs> exactly. And there's the roadmap, right? So that, that is a, a very, very good uh, thing to do. Ask those calibrated questions. Now, what negotiation is not, let's go over those couple of those things. Negotiation is not, it's not fair, okay? There's um, a great, um, a great uh, book, there's several great books, um, you know, uh, on, on uh, negotiations, right? Um, Deepak, uh, Mohatra, Chris Voss, um, these are some foremost authors on negotiation, and they do a great job, there's some other ones too, uh, like those two authors. Um, but one thing they say is this, there's no such thing as fair. If someone uses fair, you should be able to say back to them, really fair? Well, I assume you're prepared to provide the information to support that statement because fair is an emotional word and fair, those boundaries of what fair equals, they move, right? So, okay, fine. You think it's not fair? Support that with documentation. And most of the time they can't, right? Because they're just working off emotion. The other thing too is the value of fair never changes. The perspective based on emotion changes by one of the parties. That's what happens. The perspective, okay, of based on emotion of one of the parties changes. That's how the, the goal lines move when it comes to being fair. So they gave a great example, which I love this example, right? Robin Williams, we all know who he is. He was a, a famous actor, right? We created this, this famous Disney movie, okay? And he did it because he didn't believe, at the beginning, he agreed to do the part because he didn't believe necessarily he was going to become a blockbuster. He didn't believe necessarily that the public would actually buy into this movie, okay? But he wanted to do it because he thought it would leave a legacy, something special for his kids to remember him by. So he agreed to actually do the part for $75,000. Normally, a role like that would, at that time, they said would have probably paid him about $8 million. $75,000, okay? And he did it. Well, what happened was, um, the, the movie became a blockbuster and the value of fair changed. Now he felt he was damaged when at the time he agreed to do with it, fair was what he agreed to because it was for a different purpose, right? So that changes along, along, um, along over time as well, right? So it's a good example of what fair is, but fair is not 
All right, Clay, you got to tell me which movie it was because I can think of several. I mean, there's Flubber, <laughs> Aladdin, but <laughs> I, I, I think I, I don't know. I think it was Jumanji. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Robin Williams was my childhood, so I'm like, yeah, there was... are several movies that were blockbusters. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty interesting story. I heard that I was like, wow, that's fascinating because you know he was already famous. He didn't need to take yeah. 75k, but he did it because of for a different reason, and then it became this big thing. And now he wanted more. Well, he signed a contract, right? And so fair changed. Yeah. At least in, at least in one party's mind. Um. So the uh the other thing about uh, negotiating what it is not. It is not always, and most time it's not, ironclad deadlines. Now, in real estate, we have these things called deadlines, right? On offers, on um, maybe your listing agreement, things of that nature. But negotiating doesn't mean those are ironclad. They can move, but you have to know how to elicit the emotion of the other party to get them to agree on what it is you're trying to accomplish to get your way, which, which is maybe an extension on time. Maybe if you have a listing, I need, I need another month, another three months to sell your house uh, on an offer. Hey, look, my offer, you know, I had a five point deadline, but if you guys aren't ready yet to make us, make us a counter offer or, or an, an approval, go ahead and extend that by a day, no problem or whatever, right? So keep that in mind because people sometimes compromise their, their position because they have a deadline coming up that's an hour away and they're freaking out and they're telling the client, I need an answer, need an answer, you know, no, you don't let it expire. That buyer will probably still be there, right? That sort of thing. Don't put yourself in a compromising position. One thing I love, I love is the rule of threes, okay? I'll end with this. I could keep going on forever, but guys, if you're gonna write something down, you wanna write this down, the rule of threes. You guys know there are three different types of yeses. There's three different types. And those three types are commitment, confirmation, and counterfeit. Okay. And the key, if you want buy in to what it is that you are trying to accomplish, the key is to get somebody to say yes three different times. Okay. How do you get that to be three different times? And if you do, it's for sure a commitment. Yes. No doubt about it. So um, they call rule of threes because if you can ask the same type of question for this, you know, but, but in different way, three different times, you're most likely almost every time I'm going to get the truth. The reason why is because if someone's trying to hide part of the truth, which by the way, on a good negotiation, that's going to be the case a lot of times, right? It's very hard to maintain the consistency of a lie three separate times. There, something else is going to come up, right? So here's a good example of some things I wrote down of maybe how you can ask the same thing three different ways. And notice they all start with either what or how. Okay. Number one, say you're talking, maybe you're a buyer agent, you're talking to a listing agent, right? About getting your offer accepted. Number one, what are we up against? Price is at a million. My buyer wants to pay 950. You know, what, tell me about your seller. What are we up against here? Okay. And they say, blah, 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 blah. Maybe, the, maybe, maybe the seller and the buyer, excuse me, the sellers, husband, wife, maybe they're getting a divorce and they don't want that really. They didn't tell the agent not to say anything, or maybe they did, but the agent, you know, shouldn't say that because that's, that, that reveals motivation and so on and so forth. Right. So they say, well, you know, um, instead of the real reason, they say, you know what they did? They just been living here for you know 13, 14 years, and it's just time to sell, and they just want to move on. Okay, all right. The next question is, uh, well, what do you see as the biggest challenges in the situation here? You know, that we can come together on a deal. Well, biggest challenges, I mean, are just that you know we got to get the the the, the husband and wife to agree. Huh, that's interesting. Oh, okay. Okay, all right. Um, but instead of going like, oh, why they getting divorced? Right? Don't you know that's a, that's yeah. not how you do about this, right? That's what a lot of people do. Um, 
Because the listening agent is going to say, no, they're not. What are you talking about? Or whatever, right? So now maybe the third question is something along the lines of, well, what do you see as the most difficult things? Or what, what, are, what do you see as the most difficult things to get around in the situation to come together? It's just no way to ask the same question. Well, you know, the, the husband is all on board for, the, for dropping the price a little bit, but the wife wants to hold out on one million, one million bucks. And then you go to the next question is, well, how do we come together on, on, on getting the, 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 the wife to agree? I don't know, man. She's tough. She, she's really tough. She's holding out. She gets the house. So if it doesn't sell, um, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. You're, what do you mean she gets the house? Well, you know, the husband, you know, they, he, he has an apartment he's going to and, and they're getting divorced. You know, so all of a sudden you figured out what now you know what's going on, right? Whereas if you just would ask Very one question, <laughs> exactly, right? This is, this is the, the negotiation aspect, right? So I hope you guys understand that. I'm gonna leave you with the rule of threes as, and I got several other things I could talk about that are awesome that maybe we'll pit on, hit on in a different podcast in the future. Yeah, but we'll I think we need that. to go more into this topic, Kelly. So we'll probably it's, have some further cool. for the podcasts about that. So yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. Elizabeth. I think everyone in, in, in anything has one good thing they do really well. Mine is negotiating. Like I, I just, I love to do it. So the last the quote I'll leave you with here, guys, and we're done is by this guy named JFK. Probably heard of him. It says, we cannot negotiate with, <laughs> he said long, this is a great quote. He said, we cannot negotiate with people who say what's mine is mine and what's yours is negotiable. That's kind of definition of crazy. So mm-hmm. that's, that's me a hard one to negotiate with. Maybe you just move on to the next one or yeah. you just have to hunker down on some of these techniques. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Kelly. That was wonderful. I learned a lot. I hope you guys all did too. And if you want to uh, negotiate your way to building a team, I try to make that segue really, really smooth. (laughs) Um, But please head on over to buildyourrealestateteam.com where Kelly has put down all of his knowledge, all of his experience uh, into simple modules for you so that you can get started on building your real estate team. And we will see you guys next week. I think we have a guest scheduled. So please join us and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, Kelly. See you a little bit. See you guys. Welcome to the podcast, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook, where we will discuss the latest and most relevant business strategies to help you do one thing extremely well, sell more homes. We'll discuss everything from business planning to lead generation and conversion to past client customer service and everything in between. Join us for authentic conversations and nuts and bolts takeaways you can implement into your business today. And now, Selling Real Estate with Kelly Cook.